Welcome to the Talent Development Think Tank Podcast. The number one podcast for learning and talent development professionals. Now here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome back to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I'm your host, Andy Storch, and today is our bonus Q&A episode with Rachel Druckenmiller, who is the CEO of Unmuted. She's a keynote speaker, a trainer, facilitator on a mission to ignite resilience, connection, engagement, and compassion in organizations, leaders, and teams. If you didn't yet listen to my conversation with Rachel about creating more resilience and well-being in our organizations. Go back and check that out. It was a really great wide-ranging conversation. I think a lot of value in there. And today I'm asking Rachel some of our bonus questions about her greatest accomplishment, her greatest failure, uh, challenges and trends she sees in talent development. She gives some great book recommendations, a tool or resource, as well as some great career advice. And she really goes deep on some of these things. It's it's not just a surface level interview. This great, great, great conversation with Rachel continues. So I hope you enjoy this. Without further ado, here's my bonus Q&A episode with Rachel. All right, I'm back with Rachel Druckenmiller, who is a keynote speaker, a facilitator, and an expert on resilience and well-being, as well as helping organizations help their people avoid burnout and many other things. And uh, this is our bonus Q&A conversation. Rachel, we're going to start with your career. And I'd love to know, thinking back across your career so far, what has been your proudest moment or biggest accomplishment so far? I'd say my my proudest moment, frankly, has been... I wouldn't even say it's a moment, but it's been a a journey that I've been on to do the work of going through therapy for the past two years on an almost weekly basis (laughs) and do the really hard and healing work of, of facing the parts of myself that are hard to face and just being with them, having the courage to be with them, having the courage to be honest about the things I struggle with. And having the courage to let people in my life speak into those places, as opposed to doing what I did for so much of my life, mm. which was pretending like they weren't there and isolating myself and only showing the, the put together and perfect version of myself. So I think the thing I'm most proud of is the healing journey of self-discovery that I have been on to develop personally, which has also bled over right into what I do for work too. So I would say, I would say that is the thing I'm most proud yeah. of. I identify with that. You know, it definitely, it definitely hits with me. I feel the same. Flip side, Rachel, what would you say is one of your biggest mistakes or failures in your career? And what did you learn from it? Um, you know, when I think of it specifically related to this, this topic of like learning and development and training and development, mm-hmm. I think the times that I've said yes to work with organizations that I was either not a good fit for, or the group was sort of seeing what I did as a band aid, And it was sort of like, they had high levels of dysfunction. And it was sort of like, just come in and make everybody feel good. And I should have in those situations been more, I think, emboldened to say like, look, if we're going to do this, I just want you to know that people might end up resenting this if this message is countering their experiences of working here. (laughs) And if I'm coming in as like the feel good rah-rah thing and things aren't fundamentally within the organization actually changing, this could actually backfire on you. And I've had situations where that's, That's been the case. And I'm like, I knew I had a gut feeling. Sometimes we ignore our gut, you know, and I had these gut feelings in some of these situations where I either need to, I don't need to just say it, but I really need to emphasize it. Or sometimes I need to maybe like back out of this opportunity because I think it's going to do more harm than good, you know? And I think in some cases I've moved forward with it Yep. and, you know, looking back, I said, I could have been more discerning in that, or I could have just been a bit bolder and stuck with my conviction 
that's a lesson we can all we can all learn from. And you and I are entrepreneurs, and and sometimes early on in that process, you got to just take whatever you can get because right. you're trying to pay the bills, right? <laughs> but hopefully, luckily, you get to a point where you feel like things are going pretty well, and then you get to actually look at your values and where things are a fit, and and start to turn potential work away, which is you know a good place to be, and it, and it's powerful. But it's not easy. It's still not easy because we're people pleasers, right? We want to make people happy, and we still you know, learn from that, those desperate times. We don't want to turn work away and money away, but sometimes it's the best thing to do. Well, and I think in the midst of that, for anyone, you know, in this space, lesson learned is that when we're investing our energy into something that is not a good use of our time, that is clearly like, feels like a sinking ship mm-hmm. that's going to affect our, how we do our best work. Like it's going to detract from that. And so to recognize sort of that filtering question of if I say yes to this, what am I saying no to? Like if I mm. say yes to this thing that I know is really dysfunctional, I'm really ineffective or not a good use of my time, yep. then I'm ultimately, if I say yes to that, I'm ultimately saying no to other things. And so for us to use that as kind of a, you know, a filter and be yep. more intentional about what we say yes to. Yeah. Rachel, you work with a lot of people in talent development. You run a lot of uh, workshops and, and speak in organizations and, and conferences. So you're familiar with this space. What would you say is one of the biggest challenges out there in the talent development world? Gosh, I think, and I know we talked about this in our, in our broader conversation, but I think one of the biggest challenges, if I'm being honest, is this, the, the genuine lack of self work that most mm. people in positions of authority and influence, that they haven't yeah. done the work to address their challenges. They haven't done the work. And so they're, they're leading from a place of fear. They're leading from a place of ego. They're leading from a place of having to prove themselves to everyone that they're leading. And as a result of that, they're not able to show up with humility. They're not able to show up with vulnerability and they're not necessarily doing the hard work to address the underlying causes of the less functional behaviors in their lives at work or at home. And so I think one of the biggest challenges is that we're coming in and we're corralling a bunch of people together often and we're not necessarily able to get to the root cause because some of that stuff is deeply personal. It might be trauma. It might be abuse. There could be any number of things that would affect why someone is the way that they are as an adult. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest challenges is that we're not always able to get at that. And yet we still have to find ways to create spaces where people feel safe to show up. Maybe we can do it in micro ways mm-hmm. where we can begin to open people's awareness to, Hey, you might want to dig deeper in this. I think that's yep. an opportunity. But I do think it's a challenge of that you're having a lot of people coming in guarded, like armor, as Brene Brown referred to, like armored up, Mm. (laughs) ready to go, defensive, masked. And then we're like, okay, learn. And it's just (laughs) really hard to do that when people are showing up that way. Yeah. Yeah. I see that all the time. Absolutely agree. (laughs) Is there a trend that you're following or excited about in the talent development, training and development world? I mean, one of the things, and I, I'd be curious if you've seen this too, over the past two and a half years, especially is a shift from being so much of learning for way too long has been way too passive. Mm. It's been way too passive, like one directional, the person who's the expert lecturing at everybody else. And then you take Mm -hmm. a bunch of quizzes and you walk away and you're no better off because they were just checking the box Mm. (laughs) that they attended that class. And so I think a trend that I'm seeing that, you know, I see in my work that I integrate into what I do too, is really, really prioritizing connection over content or having connection be something that is a way that we also create content by sharing stories with each other, by sharing experiences, by sharing ideas with each other, that 
the, the sage on the stage does not have to be the only one that can teach and has something to offer. The recognizing yep. everyone in a group has something to offer and to contribute based on their own experience, insight, and wisdom. Yeah, completely agree. And that's exactly why I created the first Talent Development Think Tank conference, because <laughs> I went to so many conferences that were so boring, it was sage on the stage. I'm like, we can do better. We can, we can create something where people can actually interact and learn from each other. And I love that in learning experiences, whether in companies, conferences, et cetera, that sort of thing. So I, I agree completely. Um, Rachel, is there a book that has made a big impact for you? I know you mentioned one earlier in our first conversation. Uh, you mentioned the book Immunity, Immunity to, Change. to Change, right? But is there another book that's made a big impact for you or that you recommend often? This is me cheating. <laughs> Cheat away. There's this cheating. is you cheating. <laughs> there's, there's three. Okay. They're all in the same vein of a word I've mentioned a lot, which is, which is trauma. So one is a new book. Called, just came out in September called The Myth of Normal by Gabor Mate. It's as oh, thick yeah. as a Bible. It's That's 500 pages. You got a lot of marked uh, little stickers. I know. This is the sign of a good book as if I've if I've tabbed it. I didn't used to yeah. do this. I started tabbing probably like a year ago. Yeah. Another book in the same space is The Body Keeps the Score, mm. which is by Bessel van der Kolk about brain, mind, and body and the healing of trauma. And then the first book I read in this space about three years ago when I was recovering from burnout myself is called Waking the Tiger by Peter Levine. Hmm. And it was reading these books that got me in to see the somatic therapist. So S-O-M-A-T-I-C, the type of therapist that I see when I was recovering from a car accident, being hit by a pickup truck while running. Yeah, I needed to find a therapist that could do mind-body integration because often the pain that we have, the dysfunction, the trauma, it's stored in our body somewhere. And we need someone who understands how to release that emotionally and physically. Mm. And so those reading those books is what led me to decide to go with the type of therapist I now see who has been working with me now for two years and has been an absolute game changer in so many ways, uh, so many areas of my life. Mm. And so those books have been catalytic and I'm super into that topic. So anybody that wants to learn more, hopefully like those books yeah. are varying page lengths. <laughs> yeah, some of them are big. That's okay. You know, you gotta, be, you gotta be committed. And and that is not great recommendations. That is not cheating by picking up books on your desk to look at the titles. Well, we, we said cheating. I'm, I'm imagining you like <laughs> logging on to Amazon. You're like, what are the top books right now? I haven't actually read anything. That would be you said a book and I'm like, okay, I'm giving you three. That's okay. You can give three. It's okay. okay. You're giving four now. That's right. You, you That's really true. love these books. It's all good. People, people who listen to this podcast also love books. Good. In that vein, is there a tool or a, an app or a resource that you use that is, you know, helps you get your work done better or that is better, you know, for well-being or that you just really love? Yeah. There's a website. If people just Google it, it's called Pomo Focus, P-O-M-O-F-O-C-U-S. And mm. it's That's based Pomodoro? on the- the Pomodoro timer. Nice. So it's 25 minutes working, five minute or 15 minute break, depending on if you want a shorter or a longer break. And I have used that. There's times where I'm like, oh, this thing, I've been avoiding a thing. We all do that. We avoid a mm -hmm. thing. So we think it's yep. going to take two hours. You set a timer and you're done in 30 minutes and you're like, oh, all right. <laughs> Why did that? Yeah, that's right. So yeah, yeah there, and there's science behind that. And it was created by this, this guy with a Pomodoro timer. But uh, yeah, I love that. So it's the 25 minute focus session and then breaks and yeah. it's a great way to work. Okay. Last question for you, Rachel, for those out there in talent development or anywhere who are looking for ways to achieve more success in their career, yeah. maybe success the right way, whatever it means for them. Mm -hmm. What's one more piece of advice you would give? I would say really lean into curiosity 
in every form of the word, curiosity about what lights you up, curiosity about, as you mentioned before, about what could be possible, curiosity about your own behaviors and Mm -hmm. how you show up and how that affects people, curiosity, genuine curiosity about other people and trying to understand them and what makes them tick. I think if if all of us just practiced more genuine curiosity and mm. just followed that path to where it it, it leads yeah. us, yeah. And we're willing to take the steps that unfold along that way. That gosh, we'd be so much we'd be so much better off, and we would do it with so much less judgment and so much more joy. Yeah, I believe that the number one skill or trait that leads to success of anything and a a broad general spectrum is curiosity. I've Mm. told people that I believe that strongly and I could solve the world's problems. I think if we led with more curiosity. So uh, we are hundred percent aligned. I feel like we want to, it was like a, a, a game show. We're hundred percent aligned just about everything. Rachel, again, this has been really, really wonderful. Brought so much value to the show and I really appreciate you being here. So thanks again for coming on. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye. All right, that will do it for my bonus Q&A episode with Rachel Druckenmiller from Unmuted. I hope you really enjoyed that conversation like I did. And I hope to be having more conversations with Rachel in the future. Hoping to get her to come lead a session in the Talent Development Think Tank community in the near future. If you're not a member of the community, come check us out. We have guest speakers every, almost every week, as well as open forum sessions on different topics like well-being, like leadership, like resilience. We've had sessions on all of these topics, and we're doing them all virtually over Zoom. You can find out more information by going to tdtt.us. That's tdtt.us. We also have a conference coming up. If you haven't heard, the Talent Development Think Tank Conference is coming back in February of 2023. This is going to be the least boring conference in all of talent development. And I say that seriously, tongue-in-cheek and seriously, because so many conferences out there are like, quite frankly, they're pretty boring. And I wanted to make something that was more exciting. I knew we could make something that was more interactive, more exciting, more engaging, more interesting, and more fun. And that is what the Talent Development Think Tank Conference is all about. It's not one of those huge conferences where you get lost in a sea of people and sponsors. This is a small, intimate conference with only a couple hundred people. All of them are going to be really, really great people. If I know my network and my audience, fun people that you want to connect with who can truly help you by sharing best practices and helping each other in the world of talent development. You can find out more information on the same website, tdtt.us slash conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. And finally, our podcast is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is the first place to go when you need your leaders to lead, your sellers to sell, and your people to do great work. You can find out more information by going to their website, advantageperformance.com. All right. Thank you again for listening. Tune in next time. I've got another great interview for you. I believe our next episode, 358, will be with my friend Martha Acosta, all about creating more psychological safety in our organizations. Stay tuned.